to Stories Worth Telling, a collection of interviews where extraordinary, ordinary women speak, sharing experiences and answering three questions on a game-changing moment, something heard that inspired, and what the words When Women Speak say to them. Hello, it's your host Sarah J. Sanderson here with a special episode where I'm joined in conversation by fellow co-founder of When Women Speak, the gorgeous, fun, kind and rocket fuel ball of energy that is Nicola Snode. Nicola shares some interesting stories, including how the dark feminine shows up in her life and is leading the way when it comes to all things When Women Speak related. We also hear how Nicola could no longer work as a business coach making 5k months by pushing through resistance and ignoring a deeper desire. Plus the painful process of unravelling and stripping away the facade of identity, including the identity of being somewhat of a superstar adored by her clients and audience. And we get to hear a love story and what's possible in relationship when you're ready to surrender to love. This is an hour of pure magic. And please note, there is swearing throughout this episode, as it wouldn't be Nicola if there wasn't. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stories Worth Telling. And I'm really pleased, nervous, excited to be joined by the co-founder of When Women Speak, Nicola Snowd. Hi, Nicola. Hello. (laughs) Nervous too. You're nervous too. Mm. (laughs) Just say a little bit about that first. Um, yeah, I haven't spoken for a long time (laughs) in this context. We were laughing about this the other day, I think, um, because when we first uh, launched or um, the idea for When Women Speak and When Women Speak first arrived, um, we sort of decided um, I would be the spokeswoman, you know, speaking mm-hmm. from stages doing the live streams leading on all that sort of thing and then and then we actually I think the, the very first image that we created of you was the the weird old lady sitting <laughs> in the corner in a rocking chair yeah <laughs> yeah um but it was really about kind of you having the more intimate you know conversations and um it started off that way but now I'm quite happy sitting on my computer quietly designing things, minding my own business <laughs> and, and writing. And what's happening is, you know, you're being invited to speak and, um, and, and live streaming and doing all sorts of things. And so it's been, I can't remember the last time that I spoke um, publicly, I guess. And it have swung from a very, you know, public, for, for my size audience when I was coaching, um public uh you know persona and and doing that almost on the on the daily to yeah shying away from it i think i've i think i've um embraced a a shying away which i would have i would have pushed that feeling away before if i'd have got nervous about speaking I would have gone, well, that's not a good enough reason to not do it. Or if I'd have not wanted to speak publicly or if I'd have not wanted to do a live stream, I would have gone, well, that's just a reason to do it. Like push through and do it. <laughs> um, it's lovely. It's really lovely to just be able to to not <laughs> push through that and to quietly jump on Photoshop 
every day and do my thing and love that um and for things to be a lot quieter it's really interesting Mm, that is interesting and yeah I'm just curious as to that push on through what do you see that was about and what you what you're seeing now what was that about? So um, the pushing through, so I guess specifically referring to what I used to do when um, I was I was running my coaching business um, was do a set amount of tasks every day. So I'd make sure I did a live stream. I'd make sure I did an email to my list. I'd make sure I did something on Facebook. I'd make sure I did, I tipped some boxes every single day. Um, so there was like, there was a bit of doing the do, you know, you do the do cause that's what you do. <laughs> you know, if you want to build a business and we were just talking about this, weren't we? Just before we came on and press record, um, it was the formulaic, you know, the formula stuff. Um, and that there was, there's really kind of this idea of, well, no excuses. If you want something, it was the self, like the self-made, which I must admit now I perceive as quite a dangerous belief system, you know, um, the self-made, if you, if you want this, you got to go get it. So you ain't got time to be nervous and you ain't got time to, um, to not do things. And to be honest, what I would do is if, if I was feeling any kind of resistance, um, I guess where the, where the feminine would creep in. So we're talking about the feminine, the masculine before we, before we came on and the masculine being that very kind of formulaic, you know, that structured. And then where the feminine would creep in on my live stream is I'd say how I was feeling. So if I, so if I was, you know, feeling resistance on my live, I would say, there's resistance right now, you know? So that kind of made it, that actually probably helped me continue with that routine a bit longer because I was actually accepting of how I was feeling, but still, you know, still doing it for the sake of doing it. Cause that's what, I, that's what was seen at the time, you know? Um, yeah. It's very different now. Mm, I love that. I mean, the word that came up, just then was discernment discerning between what's for you in that moment and honoring what wants to happen like rest or you know not do the live stream right now or uh, versus a fear of protecting the self so protecting this idea of Nicola and not wanting to speak as what will people think of me or trying to hide as opposed to really honoring the desire to rest. So yeah, I'm, I'm hearing kind of like, um, um, ignoring any kind of like discernment, just kind of like plow on <laughs> regardless. <laughs> and there is, there does seem to be a difference between this kind of inner knowing of action taking and when there's this self-defense mechanism at play trying to protect trying to protect you from perceived dangers of like other people's opinions <laughs> or whatever it, whatever it might be does that make sense absolutely yeah you know it all makes sense completely and um it's just sort of led led uh, you know uh, me on a little trail of um 
it's been really difficult. It's been painful, of course, because <laughs> that, that, um, that, that Nicola who showed up every day and was a great speaker and, um, you know, drew people in, like drew a crowd, um, because of the way she spoke and showed up, um, that became a really strong part of Nicola and an identity, my identity. And so when that started to peter out, the pain of that, of, of, um, of that Nicola no longer being there, you no longer being as solid as I thought she fucking was, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, that's been difficult and it still is there, you know, it's, it still is there. There still is, you know, um, well, you should be doing this. Why aren't you doing this? You know, you should be applying to be on podcasts and things like that. Um, and why aren't you this kind of outgoing, loud woman anymore? What's going on, Nicola? Like, you know, it's, it's like I don't feel like a superstar anymore. That superstardom, a superstar feeling has, has gone. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't do that now if I tried if it was like you were saying if there was a discernment there that that was not going to be good for me I couldn't do it even if I wanted to be that superstar again I just couldn't um and so I find that interesting that that the that sort of voice or feeling or the um inclination starts to really be the driving force um rather than the voice of this you know the, the the separate self the ego the that little niggly yappy <laughs> <laughs> and there's still certain things that you know like um where that yappy voice is definitely um definitely seems far more solid <clears throat> Um, you know, I could, I definitely, if, if, if my family were to say something about Nicola, you know, if, if I were to hear that some family had talked about me, oh, that looks true. That looks, <laughs> what, you know, that, that hurts. That definitely is something that needs exploring, but there's, there's other areas where I notice, yeah, there's a, there's a kind of guidance system that's like, no, we can navigate this fine. We don't need to listen to that anymore. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Mm. Sounds like a maturing, like, um, emotional maturity and, but beyond in, I'll use the word emotional maturity, but almost beyond that, um, to this wise knowing Oh my goodness, you're the, you're the the wise woman in the rocking chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There we go. There we go. But I, I do think there's like um so you and I have done a lot of work with the feminine recently. And I had a really cool moment where so I think I think you've had a lot of influence there. And I think when you're um surrounded by women who um are in a different season, um I had yeah a, a moment when I was working with one of our coaches who we've both worked with when I when I realized goodness like um there's been yeah a lot of guidance a lot of mentorship not necessarily consciously but just kind of falling into those roles um 
and I really feel like a lot of that has come from yeah being with you being around women who yeah are just are just displaying displaying that outwardly to see that stillness that that listening to themselves um yeah and it's a reverence for it yeah and a recognition that there's almost like a different way of doing life and I say I'm it, it, language is so weird isn't it because it's not that we're doing life you could say life is doing us you know we are life <laughs> but um but yeah there's a dip there's what you going back to what you were saying earlier there's a way of being lived as opposed to pushing through yeah and that being lived can look all manner of different ways it could look like rest and stillness it could look like climbing a mountain it could look like running a marathon it could look like being on stages talking to thousands of people it could look like a million and and one different different things but it's it's more a case of where something is coming from the, the idea of it all being personal versus t- completely impersonal i mm. think and then so it's like it used to all feel <clears throat> very personal especially when there was a very strong story of being self-made and then that story like completely got fucking burnt to short like like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like that when that story oh, oh yeah disappeared so what's left now you were self-made Nicola you were rich Nicola you were talky on live streams Nicola and that's all burnt away what's left and so it went from very personal um to seeing that it's not personal at all um and there's def a definite kind of falling in love just deeper and deeper with it when that happens when the personal you know, loosens a grip that you didn't even know it had, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, and exciting to see how the feminine will show up and live through us, so to speak. Mm. Um, oh, she is a cruel mistress, sorry. <laughs> Honestly, I'll tell you a bit more about that when you start asking the questions. Cool, cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So let's start with a, well, actually, first of all, because, so this is stories worth telling and I'm curious is, was there any particular story of your lived experience that came to mind when you were considering being on this podcast? There's one uh, that sprung up. Um, which was when my auntie died um, in 2014. Um, and we'd gone back to, we spent a lot of time in Shrewsbury, um, and then we'd gone back to Kent where we had a house. And um, I'm just trying to think when the moment was, but I realised there was just something about, well, now she's gone. Like I just sort of stood, I remember being in the living room and having this realization. So that's it. That's just it. 
now there's no form known as auntie jane like she's not you know we're closer than close right now but you know never again will i get to speak to her cuddle her never will she you know play with my daughters or babysit them or, or any of that stuff so <laughs> what the fuck is the point in doing anything i don't want to do and it was that it was i'm not going to do anything i don't want to do anymore now I say that, but I've just told you that when I was coaching, even if I didn't want to do it, I still did it with the whole routine every day, you know, and again, it's really interesting that um, I'm just realizing that now because I would tell that story um, and oh, I'm starting to see, it's really annoying as well, that when you tell stories to kind of prove something, you start to see the holes in that. <laughs> It's just so annoying. So I'm seeing it now that as I tell this story, um, there was no, there was no like really kind of epiphany moment and everything changed from that point on. Um, it's not like that. It's not as linear as that. It's not as cut and dry as that. Um, if I really do question it and pull it apart, it, it wasn't that at all. There were a lot of things I carried on doing, which I really, really, really didn't want to do. Um, but there was certainly something seen in that moment and um what i would say that it led to which at the moment feels feels true feels um yeah the truest version of events was adam was very unhappy in his job very unhappy and um he we had some time off for christmas you know we had two weeks off and he sort of you know was just full of life and then um went back to work and it was like the light switched off um and I'd never really acknowledged that happening in Adam before. And I said, you don't have to do this. Like, so I, di I didn't even say anything. I think the day I asked him, are you unhappy? And he said, yes. I went downstairs. I called my parents, said, can we move in with you and put our house up for rent? And they immediately went, well, yeah, I, I suppose you can. And then I went back upstairs and said, right, you can leave your job. We can rent out the house. All right. So just have a think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so, I remember it being very, it, it, there was no drama about it. It was very much like, surely this is just what we would do for you if you are that unhappy. Um, so yeah, I remember that, but I mean, did it, you know, it certainly didn't continue on um, making decisions in that manner. Yeah, but sometimes when, you have seen how pragmatic, logical reality can be, there, there is a remembering of that as you carry on journeying through life, that, hang on a minute, maybe it's a lot simpler than it looks like it is. You know, maybe we strip away all of the the stories and there is just the obvious thing to do yeah. mm -hmm. um and how ordinary it feels which is why it's so often overlooked because like you said there was no drama in that it was just like this is this is this is the thing to do mm -hmm. <laughs>
yeah and that's when you get it's really interesting because because there being no drama and and what's come to mind then is when people kind of when you observe someone doing something that's like amazing that's perceived as amazing and so probably you know it's far out of your own comfort zone or it's something that you would love to do but you don't can't see how you would do it so you're going that's amazing what you've done like that's incredible how did you do it and the response is well I just kind of did it like I don't know I'm not (laughs) it just you know kind of happened and that's it isn't it it's like the logical like this there was this veil lifted it was like oh just do this and you couldn't you couldn't kind of put this that's when the formulas arrive you know in the coaching world it's like oh damn yeah yeah imagination kicks in to create a story as to why that happened in the way it happened yeah that's it yeah (laughs) it would be wonderful if we were adept at supporting one another um in taking those steps those obvious steps you know they don't have to look like and they can't it's impossible really to look like the steps that another has taken um but supporting one another in just doing the commonsensical thing would be great (laughs) it looks too simple Mm. And of course, the obvious thing to do isn't always going to be that obvious to somebody else because we, we're only ever operating from the understanding that's there. Mm. And that understanding does um, shift. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so th- it's understandable that there can be a lot of second guessing and, and all of that that plays out. Um, and looking, looking to experts, looking to someone that's already done yeah. the thing and has got the formula and yeah. 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 Okay. Let's move on to one of our first questions. Nicola, mm-hmm. what do the words when women speak say to you? Well, I'll tell you, Sarah, I'll tell you what they say. Nothing. Nothing is my answer. Right. And I've been, so we decided that a while ago I was going to be a guest on the podcast at some point. And I've not, until recently, I didn't want to be because I couldn't think of an answer to the, what the words when we speak say to me. I was like, God damn it. And I was listening to other people's answers, other guests' answers, like, okay, that's great. I mean, it doesn't say that to me, but it's awesome to hear that. <laughs> and then the next one, is, why haven't I got anything? Why haven't I got anything? Why don't these words say anything? This is you know, we're the custodians of when women speak. Why doesn't one of the custodians have anything to say about when women speak? So what's happening a lot lately is I'm, I'm, you know, it's taking a while to get to sleep, but as I'm taking a while to get to sleep at these, you know, um, uh, clarity is, is, is coming on things. And this was one of those, uh, incidents. So I'm lying in bed and what arises is okay. So when you have your podcast interview and Sarah asks you what the words women speak say to you, you're going to say nothing, are you? That's what you're going to say. All right, then. Okay, let's just try and think of something now. And then what was just so freaking blazingly obvious was, of course, it's nothing. Of course, that's it. That's the answer. There isn't, there's nothing there. And what arises when the words women speak, and, and, and this is what's been happening, like, since she bloody arrived, and this is why I call her, like, you know, the dark feminine that we talked about yesterday, like, the cruel mistress, like, Carly, like, there's this just gaping, just this 
chasm, chasm, I don't know whether you say the H, that opened up when Women Speak arrived, that opened. And since then, I have known less, I have fallen more, I have been broken apart so many times and stared into the unknown pretty much constantly. And even when it seems that there is something there that I can see and grasp, it's so fleeting. Like it's so, it, it's like she, she whips it away and goes, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You're trying to make things happen again, aren't you? And you're trying to create stuff. You know, you, you've got going back to the self-made. No, we're, we're going this way. We're going into the unknown. I think yesterday when I watched a video that you sent me, by one of your coaches was it the big what did she call it the big was it the great unknown or the big um mystery or something like that either either works isn't it yeah it's a phrase like that and um what i see the visual of what do the words women women speak say to you is this sort of um completely barren landscape you know it's not it's not it's not friendly. It's actually terrifying. And it's a completely sort of barren landscape, you know, like a painting where it's very dark and the ground is um, cracked and the sky is very dark and there's, there's nothing there. And then just in front of me, I'm sort of 10 toes over this huge gaping hole in the landscape with no, no bottom. And I just stand there. I don't ever topple in, but there's a staring into it and there's nothing coming out of it. And that is what When Women Speak says to me. Um, and that is what it has felt like from day one. That's what it's felt like. I mean, even, oh God, <laughs> I, can, I mean, I can still name all the things that have happened. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. Just know for anyone listening, it has been wild, it has been painful, it has been strange. It's, and then it's equally been, um, you know, orgasmic and energizing and, and ridiculous and, and, and there's been so many synchronicities and um, it's been all the things. But when I, I think before I've said it's been all the things in a very kind of blase without really understanding, oh no, all the things is all the fucking things. Like you can't have all the things without a part of that being lying on the floor, totally broken, totally broken. You can't, that's going to happen. Um, and it has happened. Yeah. Would I change it? Nope. Do I want to stop? Nope. I want to carry on this way because this way is just brilliant. This way is so allowing of of everything um I no longer feel you know really a strong pull to to deny things to push things away it happens of course it happens you know um but there's a noticing when that happens and there's a, oh why is this happening what's what's being denied here what's being pushed away let's let's explore that let's dive deeper into that let's look into that big old hole and see what happens so yeah, nothing comes up, Sarah. Absolutely bloody nothing. <laughs> oh, I'm just I've got tears in my eyes and just 
tingles and I mean that's just the 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 juiciest answer possible isn't it and the and just so honest Mm. and with what you were saying I was just seeing well I was definitely let's you know let's just say it how it is I was seeing a vagina for sure yeah (laughs) let's just let's just let's just say it yeah yeah. um and you could also talk about another representation of that you know the universe Mm. this great expanse that is yes dark cavernous empty and yet full the fullest of fullness that you could possibly (laughs) well you can't even imagine that's the thing you can't even imagine how full it is this empty space and the pain is almost this delicious invitation to experience all of what's on offer yeah to be ripped apart to know life to know everything so yeah your answer is just magnificent Mm -hmm. thank you you're welcome. And how in- how interesting that there was just this kind of grappling for, well, that's not, you know, that's not an answer. You need an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, God bless those, um, that insomnia that's been experienced at the moment. Um, yeah, between that sort of twilight between sleep and awake um, is a really delicious time. Because that's where a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of interesting things are arising in that time at the moment. Yeah, every night, pretty much. Makes sense, because on a, um, I imagine on a neurological level, um, if you think about sort of brain, brain waves and things like that, there's like the, there's the theta brain wave state, beta and alpha. And most of the time we're in the alpha one. And then there's times, yeah, kind of in sleep where we're in that, um, I think it's the the theta brainwave state where you are, the, the kind of the veil is is lifted. Yeah. So that that self-referential kind of commentary, that diet, that, that yapping voice you were talking about earlier, that's yeah. almost like on the, on the down low. It's kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like sleeping. <laughs> so there's just more of of that aliveness that life that um there to be understood heard yeah oh yeah so it makes sense that 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 things yeah are seen in a different way at that time of the of the the night okay so i'm gonna ask you another question which is um what have you come to realize that could be described as a game changer? Um, 
<clears throat> what have I come to realize it could be described as a game changer? I So what came up for this one was um, an incident that happened with Adam, my husband. Um, when we, in the year that we first met, um, so the year that we met, I was in um, an abusive relationship and um, I was very, very, very unhappy most of the time. Um, and I kind of built this wall. Um, this wall had been built of, um, if I'm constantly angry, <laughs> then I'm safer. You know, there was this kind of connection made. Okay, so if I'm just always angry, if I if I don't show, you know, too much love or interest for stuff, if I'm, you know, blase, like it, Ad, <laughs> Adam called me Mrs. Shit, Shit, Shit. So, you know, it'd be like, oh, puppy's shit. Oh, Disneyland, shit. It'd just be everything's shit. <laughs> and it's so far away. Like, I am, you know, we've compared me to a, a puppy. Like, I do have that kind of old, always had that sort of reverence for life. But this period of, of time, it was, you know, it was not there. It was very, it was dulled completely. Um, so I was Mrs. Shit, Shit, Shit. And um, that, relationship uh, was coming to an end and and largely you know because of Adam's intervention and I have no shame in saying that um there was uh there was a night there there was a night in armor it it, it was and I love that element of the story that we share um oh there's tears oh <laughs> so this moment <clears throat> um Adam was in the uh, storeroom. So the job we did was rock climbing with kids. So all day, every day we were up in trees. It was a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, and I was returning my gear at the end of the day and Adam was in the stories collecting all the gear up. So he was behind this sort of desk and I was bringing all the harnesses in and everything like that. I felt very cool doing that job. Very cool. I haven't felt as cool as that since. Um, and I was dropping everything off. And I think he asked me how it was, you know, something along those lines. And, um, in that moment, so it, there was no, there was no thinking about it. It just happened. I did an impression. So I did a voice of an old man and it was a character from the fast show. And, um, I did this impression as I sort of fed back how my session was and Adam's head fell down on the, um, on the counter. And I was there, I was like, just looking at him like this and then he got up and his eyes were full of tears and he was because he was laughing so hard at my impression he was just his eyes were streaming and he was and he was doing the silent bounce you know and I was like oh my god look how funny he found that and I can't believe I just did that impression because that was like wall disappeared for a second. You know, Nicola did a funny impression. And not only that, but um, that side, you know, so I, I like to do impressions. It's still something that I love to do and Adam adores it. And it, but it's something that I would, I'd never shown in, to another human being until that moment when it happened, it appeared in front of Adam. There's nothing I can do, nothing I can do about it at all. It just came out. And, um, there was just a you've you've used the phrase you met love and that was it there was a a meeting that has continued since and the wall got taken apart you know the wall that was never there in the first place um 
it came down and Mrs. Shit, 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 uh, you know, went to bed and hasn't really woken up since. It was just extraordinary to experience. <sighs> that complete submission to to love like that's what the impression was that's what it was doing and Adam's presence um is quite remarkable Adam um is yeah he's 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 one of the most remarkable people I've ever met and there has always been a a safety unspoken safety there that I can be everything that I am in it you know in whatever moment it is I can just show up with it all and it will be totally accepted but in a very um you know there's no drama it's not it's not dramatic there's not oh my darling please be everything that you are for me I love you I adore you there's none of that it's just I'm still, I'm here. What have you got? Um, yeah, and that's just, that's just continued on. So a, a very, very lucky woman. Um, and I would say that I, I thanked Adam. Um, I think last year I sent him a message because he was going to every space camp. And I, I sent him a message and said sort of how proud I was and things and, and thanked him for everything he's done for, for me that's um, encouraged me to, to do the things that I've done and, and, and just, just have a go and fall flat on my fucking face so many times. And he's always been there. And when I fall flat on my face, it directly affects him. He's my husband, you know, it affects, it could affect our income. It could affect our circumstances. Anything that I do could affect us. And he's never, ever shied away from me just you know staring into that abyss and going right I'm gonna do this um and he's just there you know to to either pick me up or to wait for me to stand up and give me what I need um yeah and it's just it's been wild and wonderful mm. I so love when you listen to this back, I don't know if you will have noticed, but while you were talking at the beginning part, um, there was a dog yapping and you were talking about being <laughs> that puppy. It's just... That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was it. That was it. She was in, you know, she was yapping, but externally it was just like, can't, you know we all have those protective mechanisms, don't we? Like we were talking about the playful Sarah that doesn't necessarily come out because it's deemed unsafe, you know? It's all or for not, well, more not appropriate. Not appropriate. If you're, if you're a businesswoman, darling, <laughs> you can't be messing about being silly and playful. <laughs> surely, surely not. You can't be messing about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wonderful. It's, and you described there what can be so amazing about, and this isn't about gender, um, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about energy here, but what can be so amazing with the, the feminine and masculine energy when they come together, um, it is just incredible. The combination 
when they come together and are able to be fully expressed in the way that their the, the energy wants to move mm. rather than kind of trying to yeah um stifle it in some way yeah incredible thank you for that it's a beautiful share so i'm going to you've inspired me with that story i'm going to ask you now what have you seen or heard that's inspired you so it could be a book a record a poem what could you share with us and what was the experience um it is a book so the one that came up to talk about today was um is the third door i can't remember the author's name um the third door it's a it's a brilliant book that i read um a couple of years ago now i think and um we were talking before we press record about how um how quite often um a uh a way of doing things is then turned into a formula and there's an attempt at kind of replication there you know so that's very typical in the coaching world replicate my success by doing x y and z um and um and of and of course yeah i've i've done that too i've i've gone down that route the third door is not that at all so the premise is there's a front door there's a back door and I guess these are kind of um you know routes to you could say success you could say um just basically the things that people end up doing (laughs) um front door is the very kind of regular straightforward way you know if you wanted to be um an actor then you would go to acting school drama school and then you would go for interviews and you would get a um eventually land a, a, the the role you know you would get your role in star wars or whatever um and then there's the back door which is you know someone so like your granddad you know is a director and he he gets you in the film as the as the leading role or at least as a supporting role and then there's the third door and the third door doesn't have um a definition because the third door is literally it could be anything it could be anything and um the one of my favorite stories in the book is of steven spielberg and how he became a a director it's a ridiculous story i've toyed with whether or not i should tell it i'm not going to because it's it's so brilliant that you want it you want to read it um and you won't be able to imagine how he kind of landed in the right place in order to show the right people the work that he did in order to be able to do the things that he does and for me kind of reading that book oh it just um it just threw all ideas of kind of success out of the window it threw all ideas of formulas out of the window that was already kind of a I think I read it at the time when um that was a path that was being walked anyway was holy shit so my formulas don't work apparently for everyone Uh, this is (laughs) very unfortunate and um I had to I was I was in the process of investigating that with your support I think and um so it threw all those ideas out of the window um and uh, yeah just just kind of emphasized inclination and desire and doing the thing that makes sense you know the book could be called do the thing that feels simple and makes sense so just do the do the next thing 
take one step. It could be called any of those things because that's what the people in this book and it's it's a, it's a it's an adventure. You know, he goes on an adventure. This lad, and the irony is that he's trying to write a formulaic book. He wants to write a book that is about how to be successful, how to win at life, right? So he wants to talk to the most successful people in the world and he wants to find out the formula and then he wants to sell the formula. He can't find the formula because there is none. Um, and that's, it's just wonderful. It, it's such a fun book and you feel like you're running around, you know, on an adventure sort of talking to all these amazing people, trying to find out this stuff that isn't there, but actually you land on gold, you know, instead. Um, because there isn't a way it's, it's, and, and that is incredibly irritating for the, <laughs> for the separate self, the ego, whatever, the yappy, the yappy yapperson, they're like, but there is a formula, isn't there? You know, the next formula you see being touted, you'll go, well, actually, Nicola, there's the formula. I'm going to buy that formula and I'm going to, I'm going to find out. There isn't one. Um, and yeah, that's really annoying. But what 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 is the thing that we want to land at by using the formula? I think that's another interesting question. Like, like okay, so so cool. Yeah, you want a formula? I guess that makes sense. So like, like an ABC, a nice little roadmap. Cool. Where are you wanting that to take you? Like, what are you expecting to land at that's then going to make things better? You know, or be yeah, be better than now, and why are you wanting to make things better? So what's, you know, there's, there's so much juiciness to explore um, beyond these very, very basic, you know, Adam would call it level one, level one ideas of success, level one ideas of, you know, happiness and things. It's like, you know, let's go beyond that and explore it. And this, this book will really be a vehicle to do that for anyone that feels inspired to go and read it it's such fun such fun and i'm so glad he wrote it oh well i've just looked up his name i might not pronounce it correctly so um alex banyan that's it yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i don't know whether you've said it correctly either <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yes that's him <laughs> <laughs> but it will make sure that there's um details of it in the show notes anyway so um people can can yes. uh, find it oh that does sound amazing yeah. and how cool to have started off on a journey of wanting to um almost like bottle success kind of understand the mechanisms of it mm-hmm. and then to realize that oh my goodness it's it's actually um a lot wider deeper than that you know and going back to your standing on top of that sort of chasm you know the unknown yeah because we can label we can label success in lots of different ways um and yet we also know that you know somebody could be one of the richest people in the world and not feel successful in life mm-hmm. um or you know it, it's you know so what what is success and what is wanting to have the best life you know what what really is underneath all of that and what's driving that 
and asking those types of questions mm. which we do in when women speak mm. um is well they're they're questions and uncovering and exploring that i'm excited to do for forever mm. because they it's a constant opening oh, to yeah. life constant opening it is yeah um the only difference that i see now that when women speak is here and is that there used to be this seeking better um seeking relief see, seeking um to be more than who i am and now there's the the thrill of deepening more into who i am deepening more into life experiencing more of what's already here having more revealed as opposed to trying to get somewhere it's like it's here and i get to experience more and more and more rather than it's over there and i've got to somehow find a way to get there which feels you know like this i'm kind of like visualizing some battered bloody body kind of like <laughs> dragging themselves along trying to get somewhere to this like nirvana whereas now it's kind of like ah oh, no i'm sat in paradise and i get to see more of paradise with every conversation you know this conversation has been another window into paradise mm. so you know seeing playing with my children another window into paradise having an argument another yeah. window into paradise yes yeah because there's ideas isn't there of paradise and there's ideas of i think there's also an idea of like if you are present in the now suddenly everything's like hunky-dory and okay and it's actually no if you i've I, I don't know about you sarah but i've experienced more um experienced kind of emotions on like far more um intimate level since this you know this turning inwards than i ever have before you know like recently um there's been like when i've cried the need to sob which i recognize i'm a crier like there is a lot of crying mm -hmm. happens you know almost daily Me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but I noticed that, you know, sometimes when you try to sort of close your throat to stop the sob, there'll be a sob that needs to come out with the tears. So it's not just a, it's not just tears. It's, it's a, a, a you know, a very primal, very guttural kind of, and I noticed that I would, just, I would label you being a crier every day as, oh no, yeah, I, you know, I'm fine. Totally fine. But actually, no, there's, there's still more there. There's more there. There's, there's a sob. Like there's a, uh, there's a, oh, there's something like, so just go there. And, and that's what it is like that. Oh, that's an example of what it is. Um, and it's so, oh God, sorry, the relief, the relief to know, like you never have to, you never have to, there's never looking for the perfect job. There's never having to get on a boat or a plane. You can, if you want to, you can do those things, but it's, it's like, those are not the things you need to do in order to find the thing that's going to be the answer to your eternal happiness, because it's right here in that sob in your throat. 
it's it's always it, there's nowhere else to go the relief in that is just tremendous the adventures right here mm. i'm it i'm the fucking adventure you're the adventure <laughs> wait and and oh i just i feel cuz oh do you know i feel for the nicola that would just hear this that heard this cuz i've been hearing this for a long time these 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 words and there was just a, there was a, there was a different understanding. I won't call it a misunderstanding, but there was a different understanding of it then versus now. Um, there was there was kind of still a okay. There was still a trying to find something in the now, thinking I was in the now. It was mm. all very. <laughs> it was so sweet, and and. Um, but that's that is it too like you know yes that's it, it. Too. That's and it. then you hear that and you go but that's it too and you're like what <laughs> what <laughs> are they talking about, about? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what i want to say like to anyone listening if i was listening to this you know it's um yeah yeah it's it's that you know and and we even now feel that but just keep going just keep going yeah and anyone wondering what are you talking about <laughs> or even just i want to talk more mm. um then you know do get in in touch with us um i will make sure the details are in the in the show notes on how to do that um but nicola just f- to to finish is there anything that you can share in regards to what you're doing with when women speak at the moment, or if it's, if it's completely top secret, that's fine. Um, but if you do want to just share what you are engaging in at the moment, um, then please do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being totally taken, um, by when women speak as, as usual, um, you know, sort of, uh, taken by things that, I never expected is always a, a very big part of what's happening <laughs> for, for me with when women speak and in terms of projects. Um, so they're design projects at the moment. I don't think I'll go all the way there, but I'll go some of the way there. Um, so design projects and uh, products that we're working on, um, which are just rocking my world. There's been a very big period of messing about with things trying things picking things up putting things down waiting or just sitting quietly around like you know not doing things because actually I no longer do do things for the sake of doing things but also thinking well what the fuck am I supposed to be doing (laughs) because there's nothing to do you know there's nothing obvious there no there is no commonsensical thing even though I've carried on going to bed making tea being with my children all those things for when women speak it's like no just wait a little bit longer and then this came in the most beautiful explosive um you know projection of love you know this project didn't it you know it unraveled in a a few days um and now it's kind of arrived i i also want to say to anybody that's listening that feels like they're in a, a kind of limbo there has been no drama about it I want to say that it, it hasn't been a big, um, a big song and dance. It was definitely 
meeting love this project but then it's been following the commonsensical steps it's been i speak to that person i get a i get a trial a week's trial on that program oh i'm really good at that okay i'm paying for it i'll keep doing that every day i'll speak to them oh this idea sounds good i'll i'll pitch that to sarah um that's what it's been that's what it's been so it's it's wonderful uh, it's beautiful i love it and it is just simply happening that's all we're getting is it that's cool no, that's yeah. cool yeah so um, oh, so work, yeah. working working on some delicious products for when women speak yeah oh yeah I love it yeah love it love it thank you darling this has been a gorgeous call of course i love speaking to you you're my my you know my business partner my other kind of married person in a way yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a marriage isn't it <laughs> yeah it is yeah <laughs> so um yeah this has been fantastic thank you so much telling not to define us, comfort us or dictate a particular path. Their sharing illuminates an objectified world where we so innocently lose our way. Without holding on to your story, who would you be? What could happen? In each seeming moment, there's potential. Everything arising and yet with no beginning nor end. If in telling the stories we've clung to so tightly, the space in which they all arise becomes more obvious. With stories set free, who you are is revealed. And that open, real and honest expression of life, you are, shines in the world.